Welcome to your Daily Dose of Books. I'm Dana, and today I'm here with Samantha to discuss the corrupt society of the Scythes. Scythe, written by Neil Shusterman, centers around two teens named Citra Terranova and Roman Damish. They both live in the far future where things are very different. Civilization has conquered natural death, entering the age of immortality. Now, hooded figures named Scythes roam the globe, selecting certain victims to kill. Citra and Roland were two normal people that led two normal lives. One day, all of that changed. It was a regular day at first. That's when both teens get an anonymous invitation in the mail, inviting them into an opera house. Having nothing better to do, they head there. Arriving, the two teens are greeted by a hooded figure that identifies itself by the name of Honorable Scythe Michael Faraday. The two find out that he had been watching them, and that they had been selected to become his new apprentices. Through their shock, they manage to accept the invitation. Now, they are challenged with the task of mastering the art of killcraft. Only the one who prevails will gain scythehood and become the new scythe. Scythes are above the law. Even the Thunderhead, an intelligent AI that helps humankind and has infinite knowledge, cannot interfere with the scythedom's business. Scythes are the killers of the modern world. They have gained everyone's respect. Average citizens scramble out of their way to please them, begging to be granted immunity from the ring that every scythe bears. Every season, the annual scythe conclave comes around. Here, scythes from all over the world gather to discuss important issues. This is the place where the scythe apprentices are tested. Yelling does not suspend their title, well, not at the first few conclaves. Citra's turn to be tested comes around. She thought she was prepared, but suddenly finds herself failing. Noticing her struggle, Roland purposely flunks the task as well. Unfortunately for him, other scythes notice. That's when they get introduced to the infamous Scythe Goddard. Scythe Goddard stands up and addresses everyone in the room. He proposes that out of the two apprentices, whoever fails to be the scythe will be killed by the winner. Immediately, Scythe Faraday stands up and tries to dispute the claim, outraged. Highblade Xenocrates, the one with the ultimate decision and power, disregards Faraday, and the deal is made. Now, stress is put upon the three, and to save both Citra and Rowan, Faraday kills himself to set them free of Goddard's deal. However, instead of being able to go back home, two new scythes step up to claim them, Scythe Marie Curie and Scythe Goddard. Immediately upon arriving at the Grand Mansion, Rowan is greeted by loud music, professional party people, and a scythe dressed in a royal blue robe studded with diamonds. Over the next several months, Rowan follows Scythe Goddard on killing sprees, and perfects his heartless techniques on live subjects. The more time passes, the more of a monster he becomes. On the other hand, Citra works of Scythe Curie, learning how to kill with empathy. Despite these differences, Citra and Rowan still think of each other from time to time, and though they are far apart, their feelings for each other begin to blossom. Scythe Curry and Citra have established a tight bond between each other. Little does the Scythe know that Citra had secretly been investigating the death of her old master, the late Scythe Faraday. Something seems suspicious. She has an odd feeling that instead of having ended himself, someone had killed the Scythe. Attacking a scythe is an extremely punishable offense. The scythedom makes sure that anyone who offends a scythe will have a dead family. Citra was desperate to find answers and get justice, 
so she resorted to the Thunderhead for help. The AI machine has eyes everywhere. It knows everything. She begins searching through its back brain, scavenging about until she finds a record of Cypheridae's last moments. At the time, another conclave has taken place, and Citra and Rowan meet each other again, but this time they felt more distant. Rowan was basically a celebrity, with girls surrounding him all the time. Citra's brain swam with jealousy, but after a while, she was able to finally talk to him and told him about her investigation. After the conclave, Rowan returned back to Scythe Goddard's mansion. He was suspicious of the Scythe, and later found out that Scythe Goddard had more power than he would admit. He had a secret weapon by his side, Highblade Xenocrate's daughter. It was illegal, as a Scythe, to have romantic feelings towards anyone. Therefore, Goddard was able to manipulate the Highblade into doing whatever he wanted. Citra, on the other hand, felt stuck about her investigation. It was to a point where she mustered up the courage to tell Scythe Curie what she had been doing. It was scary, but once she had told Curie, she felt as if weight had been lifted off her shoulders. But the next day, Citra found peace officers outside her door, saying that she was the murderer of Faraday. Citra had been accused by the Highblade. Just in time, Scythe Curie finds out and orders her to travel north. Undercover, she manages to adventure across the world while Scythe Curry tries to clear her name. When she finally arrives, she expects to find herself standing in front of Faraday's murderer. Instead, she peeks at a face that looks all too familiar. It turns out, her old master was still alive. Everything makes sense now. Citra now knows the answer to Faraday's disappearance. She returns home to find out Scythe Curie had managed to take care of Citra's case. But now, the last thing Citra has to face is a winter conclave. This conclave determines her fate. Will she die at the hands of Rowan, or will she have to see Rowan die at the hands of her own? Rowan had heard about Citra's disappearance, but the details were blurry. He had suffered at the hold of Scythe Goddard. He was turning into a psycho. It was on one of the mass killing sprees where something unimaginable happened. Scythe Goddard handed him a sword and gave clear instructions. Today would be the day where he would kill his first victim. That was when Rowan snapped. He felt tired of Goddard and his deeds. He stabbed Goddard right through his heart and swiftly sliced off his head. Rowan burned down the church, leaving no evidence left. Winter Conclave came around, and Rowan and Citra were the only apprentices who had passed the final test. They stepped onto the stage, waiting to know who had achieved scythehood. The gathered scythes went quiet. Then, everyone began to clap. Citra had won. She had earned her scythe ring, and now she was faced with the task she dreaded the most, killing Rowan. It was a hard thing to do, but Citra came up with something at the moment. She punched Rowan hard in the mouth, leaving him with a bloody face. She then tried to actually kill him, but the blood left a stain on Citra's new ring, thus giving him immunity. Seeing his chance, Rowan took off with the help of Citra, racing outside and disappearing into the night. That was quite a long summary. Yeah, I feel exhausted. So, what do you think of the book? I really liked the book. Each character was so well written, and I felt hooked to read each and every chapter until I found myself at the end of the book. I'm so glad that there are two other books that follow. 
I totally agree. The character development was outstanding, and the book had so many plot twists that it kept me hooked for all of its 435 pages. It was very tense at parts, and yet it also had a few drops of humor here and there. I know, right? I loved how we each got to know so much about each character. I felt sad when Titra and Rowan were separated because I loved the dynamic between the two. I also felt sad when they showed signs of being distant, but throughout the story, I was able to find out that they still care about each other as much as they used to before Faraday's disappearance. Yeah, though I'm glad that Scythe Curry stepped up to take Citra as her apprentice. Imagine if she hadn't. Rowan and Citra would have probably had to fight each other purely for Goddard's entertainment. And while I feel sorry for the two apprentices, I also feel sorry for Faraday. He faked his death and left his life just to free them, and yet he accidentally made their lives worse. Indeed. Goddard really makes me angry, though. I hate how he does those mass killings and how he kills purely for his own entertainment. But despite that, he is a really well-written character. Before I got to know Goddard, I hated him. But the more I read, the more I noticed how much of a genius he was. That doesn't make me like him anymore, but you're right. His character really was written extremely well. Instead of having a sob story as his backstory like most bad guys, he just claimed that he thought about things differently, and managed to have everything go his way. I'm glad that he didn't have some sort of redemption, though. He really was just made of pure evil. He manipulated people to do as he said and killed without mercy. Yeah, it would ruin everything if he did have redemption, but I think it would still be interesting to see if he did have one. True, it would definitely have been an interesting concept, considering the fact that in almost every story, the one who's evil dies. Talking about interesting concepts, the whole idea behind Scythe is very fascinating. I've never really thought about what life would be like without having natural deaths. I would think that a way to keep the population from expanding would be to prohibit having children, but to have professionally trained murderers? Wow, that's a new one. Yes, I agree. I love how original Scythe is and how it isn't cliché. It actually teaches us lessons about life and morality. So, who would you recommend this book to? Considering that the book is a young adult dystopian novel, I would recommend it to people who are looking for a wild ride that features lots of twists and turns. Indeed. I think this book is also for people who want an interesting read. Despite all the murder and sorrow, there are still times where there was romance and humor, which I love in books that have nothing to do with those topics. Yeah, definitely. So, from 1 to 10, what would you rate this book? Oh, I would rate this one a 10 out of 10. I found myself reading this book even when I had the chance to play video games or scroll through my phone. If a book can do that to me, then that is a great book. I am even reading the next book, Thunderhead, at the moment. Wow, that's a high rating. I give it a 9.5. The suspense kept me hooked and entertained, and the sudden plot twists made sure that I never lost interest. Looks like that wraps up today's episode. Thanks for staying with us, and we hope you enjoyed. See you in the next episode of Your Daily Dose of Books.